What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the Two Minute Drill recapping week 12 of the fantasy football season. I'm Dan Malin, joined by Mike Alexander. Mike, how did week 12 go for you? It was a little chaotic. It's actually still chaotic. It's still going on. There's no end in sight. What do you feel about it? Yeah, things things are definitely getting weird uh, on the on the game schedule front. So we'll uh, we'll be taking that week by week and day by day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, my, my best tournament lineup had Derrick Henry in it, so that was a good thing. Uh, we'll touch on him, I guess, in a moment. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully your your players are actually playing their games this week. Well, one player who's not going to be playing any games the rest of the season, uh, it's going to be Will Fuller. News broke uh, late Monday afternoon. Coming off a monstrous two-touchdown game on Thanksgiving. Uh, I think he also had well over 150 yards receiving. Uh, he announces on Instagram that he's suspended for the rest of the season as well as one game next year for violating the league's performance, uh, enhancing uh, policy. Uh, which really sucks because he was having a fantastic year uh, coming into the season. The question was, you know, obviously he's the wide receiver one in in Houston, but can he stay healthy? That's been his issue before with, you know, nagging hamstring injuries. So this obviously sucks. He's going into free agency. We may have just watched him play his last game with the Houston Texans. Uh, really good news for Brandon Cooks. Um, but who do you see possibly also getting a, a bump in their stock uh, in the more positive direction? They released Kenny Stills just a few days ago. Um, John and Pemba actually released an article on FantasyAlarm.com. Uh, give it a read. He offers some uh, possible replacements both on the Texans and off the Texans. I'll be touching on that in the waiver wire column as well. But who do you see possibly getting a bump? I know Jordan Akins is, is, a, is a guy. And what do you think this does for Deshaun, Deshaun Watson going forward? Because the Texans don't necessarily have the easiest schedule the rest of the season. Right. For Watson, he's probably the one I'm the least concerned with. And, and obviously with, you know, the immense talent that he is, that's the case. Uh, typically, you know, he, he's done it with, with scraps before. I mean, well, yeah, it's hard to say scraps when DeAndre Hopkins was in town. But, um, you know, that, that offense has been far from a well-oiled machine. Uh, Cooks, for sure, is, is the guy to, to benefit the most, like you mentioned. Kiki Cootie is being talked about again. You know, I have I have pause on him because they really left him for dead. He was, if you remember last season, was was the the really buzzy wide receiver in the middle rounds, and then like just couldn't hack it at all. I, I, you know, I think a lot of it was coaching staff frustration. I'm not sure what it stemmed from. Now, you know, slightly different. Decision makers, you know, same staff, but just different decision makers. So does that give him a second chance? I think they kind of have to. You know, Isaiah Coulter is the guy people are also talking about, but I don't, I don't know if there's much there. Um, and, and as you mentioned, kind of a tougher schedule. So I think that offense really outside of Watson and Cooks is better left alone. All right. Uh, one guy who had an even bigger day than Will Fuller this past week, Tyreek Hill, uh, went off. You know, we've talked about the Chiefs kind of being um, – Quietly nuclear, I think, has been the term uh, you coined a couple weeks back. Yeah. Uh, Hill went uh, loudly nuclear for 250-plus yards receiving on, I think, 12 or 13 catches, three touchdowns. Honestly, mo most of the production came in the first quarter. And, you know, the announcers were talking about how he was on pace for 1,000 yards in the game at one point. And 
know, that's always fun and cute to do, especially in fantasy baseball when one of your players hits a home run on opening day and then he's on pace for 162 home runs. Um, but still a really awesome day from Tyreek Hill. Monstrous performance. Patrick Mahomes had a great day. Travis Kelsey had a huge day as well. I mean, this this is to be expected from the Chiefs. But how do you feel about the running game in Kansas City? Because this is the a team that can easily score from 30, 40, 50-plus yards out with just any big play. It almost seems like they don't really seem too concerned about having to like rely on a running back at the goal line. Because while I'm perfectly fine dropping Le'Veon Bell, I think that move should have been done a couple weeks ago if you're still hanging on to him. What do you think happens with Clyde Edwards-Elaire the rest of the season? Because ever since they signed Bell, his stock has dropped, and I know he scored two touchdowns last week against Vegas. But with just with how efficient and explosive the offense is, it's it's almost like there's minimal work for Clyde Edwards-Elaire right now. For sure. And, and we were even really seeing that with Tyreek Hill up until this past week. You know, he was... Not having a bad season, but I don't think anybody that drafted him in the first round would have been particularly happy with what his production was. Um, you know, it's it's just so many uh, different ways the ball can can bounce in that offense. Travis Kelsey is really the only one who's been consolidated, but even he has rescued some, you know, normal days and turned them into great days at the end of games um, with, with some, some certain weeks there. So... Uh, you know, he's, he's obviously TE one, but, uh, you're, you're kind of, the ball's bouncing your way there. If you're a Kelsey owner, it wasn't bouncing your way. If you were a Terry Hill owner or an Edwards, Alaire owner, obviously this past weekend changed for Hill owners. So I, that's just the overriding theme for me is you don't know how it's going to get done. And even their like tertiary options of, um, Miko Hardman, uh, Marcus Robinson. Marcus Robinson is the name I'm looking for there. Yeah, you know, they, those guys will catch a, a random touchdown here and there. Patrick Mahomes, if you're open, uh, he's going to throw you the ball. He doesn't have that that same kind of syndrome that Aaron Rodgers has where it's Devontae Adams or nobody else. Mm-hmm. He'll throw it at anyone and everyone. Um, all right, let's touch on a few guys that we might be a little bit concerned about. Um, Kyler Murray is clearly dealing with some kind of injury, uh, probably to his shoulder that he sustained. Uh, about a week and a half ago against the Seahawks. Uh, very, very poor outing against the Patriots this week. He uh, completed 23 of 34 pass attempts for 170 yards through an interception. He did have a touchdown called back. Uh, but all in all, the rushing attempts have been down. He only has 10 in his last two games for 46 total yards. Uh, and you know, keep in mind, in the previous five games for Arizona, he had scored, I think, six rushing touchdowns. And Basically, coming into the Seattle game, he had scored a rushing touchdown in all but one game. So this is a little concerning. I'm of the mindset that he does bounce back. You know, if you take away the Hail Mary against the Bills, the Cardinals are potentially looking at a four-game losing streak, and they're clinging to the last playoff spot. At a certain point, Cliff Kingsbury, he's he has to let Kyler Murray loose, right? Like, they can't continue to lose games. If they want to get in the playoffs, you know, he's got to be a star quarterback and put the game in his hands. I think that is has been, especially through last season, and and now it's starting to rear its head again this season. The theme in Arizona is is that Kingsbury is not a risk taker, and that can work. We we kind of see that with Sean McVay in in L.A. You know, yes, he's a really intelligent football mind, but he is not a big risk taker. Uh, you know, he, he definitely wants to run the ball uh, when he can and have high percentage throws for 
Jared Goff, who, you know, there's good reason for, uh, for him wanting to, to have that safety. Uh, but, you know, you got Kyler Murray, so th- that's kind of the ideal guy for Kingsbury's offense. He's in his second year. Yes, he's probably dealing with the shoulder, but if he's out there, you gotta you got to take the training wheels off or keep them off. You know, it seemed like earlier this year, uh, Murray was, was on track to be, I believe, QB2. And, um, you know, now that's obviously taken a hit. So as far as, you know, are you going to use them or not? I really can't see you having a, a better option. He, the legs seem okay. You know, he, he was still making plays with the legs. That's why I'm a little surprised. Like they're not, I understand if it's a shoulder injury, you don't want him to throw, but if it's his legs, at least let him scramble, run a little. If he senses pressure, run out of bounds or just slide feet first. Like, you can, yeah. you can run without hurting the shoulder. Well, and I forget the number of rushing touchdowns he has on the season. I believe it's eight or nine. That's just not going to sustain for, for a quarterback. <laughs> it's a 10. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's it's just like that's a crazy number for a quarterback. Even, you know, Lamar Jackson, it's like you're seeing the same thing with him. You just, you just can't count on that from the quarterback position week in and week out. Um, a rushing touchdown and the rushing floor is, you know, it's – been coined as the Konami code because it's just so easy when you add any passing stats to some rushing stats. Um, yeah, yeah, to Taysom Hills maybe testing the boundaries of that, but uh, <laughs> um, you know he had another good week. You know he scored a rushing touchdown and and you know threw for seventy eight yards, but uh, you know he put up double digit points, so um, he outscored Kyler Murray by by double. Uh, I'm happy you mentioned Taysom Hill because I'm going to pivot to a teammate of his, but it, or you could really pivot to almost any positional player on the Saints. But how concerned are you with Alvin Kamara? It almost seems like when they get to the goal line or even any, even within five to ten yards, like Taysom Hill is just going to tuck it and he's going to run it. Uh, I had a lot of Kamara in DFS this weekend because I thought he was going to be so low-owned and I thought this was a good spot for him to potentially pop off, and that was not the case. Uh, how concerned are you with him – and Michael Thomas going forward. I'm less concerned about Thomas, strangely enough, uh, only because it just it seems like when Taysom Hill will throw it, it's he's looking for 13. Right now, it doesn't seem like they're gonna they're getting very much or they'll do very much with Kamara until Drew Brees returns, possibly in two weeks. Pretty interesting. You look at Latavius Murray had a great rushing day. Uh, you know, they they went to him at the goal line, uh, 124 yards, two touchdowns. So it's not like there wasn't rushing success to be found. I forget what it was. I think I heard that Kamara this past week was maybe dealing with something, um, you know, a nagging injury. I'm, I'm wondering if they're just kind of saying, like, we're not going to be able to utilize him the way we want to at the moment in the offense we're running. So let's get him a little bit of a, of a lesser workload. Uh, and you look at their opponents. It was Atlanta, Denver, and then they get Atlanta next week. So, you don't really have to to put your foot on the throat of those teams. They'll they'll lose to themselves practically. Even though <laughs> the, the Raiders couldn't manage to score what six points against right. Falcons this weekend, plenty of people had them stacked. That was that was a debacle. Uh, but yeah, it's I I wouldn't trust anybody really. You know, if you've got Michael Thomas, you're you're probably forced to to roll him out and just hope he catches a touchdown. But you almost have to roll out Kamara by default, right? You know, I, I don't know. It's it's just it's such crazy usage, and he's not catching the ball at all. It's mm-hmm. it's you know a big function of that is probably the lack of <clears throat> dropbacks um, and 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 passing attempts. But you know he he only got eleven rushing attempts 
54 yards. Okay, you know, that's kind of fine. But one catch on two targets, they're not getting him the ball in space. Um, you know, so until they're in a game that is going to have to force them to open up the playbook or force them to go to Jameis Winston, uh, which would be more of a traditional passing role, I, I think you have to think about sitting Kamara. I mean, he's, he's 7K in, in, on DraftKings this week, I believe. So, you know, the, the temptation is going to be there. Right. Um, uh, just a real quick stat that will possibly blow your mind, but given the quarterback situation with New Orleans and Denver this last week, there were 106 plays run in the game between the Saints and Broncos. 77 of those were, were rushing plays. Yeah. Yep. Kind of crazy. Um, if you played Kendall Hinton at a wide receiver, that's that is on you. But uh, Dalvin Cook left Sunday's game with a leg injury. They don't think it, it'll force him to miss any time. Are you worried about Dalvin Cook going forward? Pretty tough set schedule. I mean, normally, you know, if I'm of the mindset that if I, if I have Kamara and Cook, I'm going to start them no matter what. Are you feeling better about Dalvin than Kamara at the moment? I mean, at least I'll feel pretty good about Kamara when Drew Brees comes back. Um, I do have some concerns about Cook's schedule. Obviously, I'm not going to bench him based on that, but mm-hmm. he's injury. He's he does have a history of injuries, and the schedule kind of sucks. Right. I, I'm going to roll Cook out there at least one more week. You got the Jaguars on tap. Uh, you know, you I fully expect that's Minnesota. True. That's a great matchup, actually. Yeah. Yeah. After there, it gets rough. Bucks, Bears, Saints. So yeah, you're you're you know you're maybe staring down the barrel of some tough defenses after this week. And, you know, and if this week he splits carries, then, you know, you're, you're in trouble the rest of the way. But if they're going to play him, they're not really playing for much. I think, uh, I think you got to roll him. Um, and you know, that, that kind of happened last time he was hurt this year coming out of the bye week we weren't sure what we were going to get. And then he had, you know, a 40 point day or 40 plus point day. So, you, you know, it could be an actual buy opportunity if people are going to be hesitant again. Uh, the calendar turns to December tomorrow. Obviously, this means it's Derrick Henry season. He kind of kicked it off a little early on Sunday. Um, pretty impressive day. I know you wanted to touch on him, so I'll, I'll let you just speak your piece on him. Yeah, he thought there were 28 days in November. You know, like, Thanksgiving was a little uh, a little early for him, maybe. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's – that's been the story season in most seasons where, where they lean on him late in the year, the cold weather. They love that, that, you know, all that garbage. Let's, let's wear the line down. Let's enforce our will, but Hey, it's clearly that that's the usage they want to go to. And, you know, with Ryan Tannehill, he's been efficient, but not quite as great lately. Um, you know, he, 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 he's not turning the ball over quite as as much. It's all they can really ask for him. Yeah, you know, it's like he's doing his thing. They're happy with yeah. it. They don't. They had to lean on him earlier in the year. They would much rather lean on Derrick Henry uh, if the opposing team is is not going to stop him. And you know, 178 yards, three touchdowns. That's definitely not stopping him. So. Uh, I, I think this week, obviously, people are going to uh, be, be pretty heavy on him. Um, let's pull up their schedule. Uh, oh, Tennessee is Cleveland this week, if that's what yeah, you're looking for. They got Cleveland. So, you know, they're a little bit of a pass funnel, but I, I, 
they can't keep up with you if you score points. Uh, so this week it's probably going to be heavy, heavy ownership on Henry. Mm-hmm. And Jacksonville, then the Lions, and the Packers. Yeah, the rest of the way, it's you might just want to like pencil him in the, your next four sheets. You know, just just write his name in there. You sharpie Maybe that one in. Put a nine for the price, and and then just figure out how many hundreds there's going to be. So, um, yeah, it's it's Derrick Henry season for sure. All right, uh, moving on. We got a couple minutes left. Uh, I always try to end the podcast with what games are you looking forward to, especially for like week thirteen. I'm the only one that I'm honestly, from a competitive standpoint, that I'm looking forward to would be Cleveland, Tennessee. But it's like the NFL's COVID protocols they they lack such transparency. I mean, it's week twelve, and we're going to get a Wednesday afternoon football game <laughs> kicking off at like three forty in the afternoon. We've got two Monday games coming up. We have a Tuesday game in Week 13. It it's just it's bizarro world right now, and like the NFL is just they just seem so stubborn to get like 16 games in for all 32 teams. I can't believe we went from the Steelers Ravens game supposed supposed to be happening on Thanksgiving with no Gus Edwards or J.K. Dobbins, and now the game is pushed back six days, and those two guys are now allowed to play. It just seems all crazy to me. So, what are you looking forward to in Week 13? Yeah, right there with you on the COVID stuff. It's there is no rhyme or reason. Um, you know, they're they're just they basically you know they were fine with the, the Broncos not having a quarterback. Like we know, this is the most important position in football and possibly in sports. You know, maybe they were sending a message to the Broncos, like, "Hey, you, your guy screwed up," so you know you you lose them. But still, it's. It's a freaking pandemic. Okay? Like, work with them, do something. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, uh, you got the Bengals and the Dolphins facing each other, and that could be like a low key, sloppy, really good game for for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because <laughs> uh, he he hasn't. We, we talked about it when they switched to two. Like, on the surface, he seemed fine, but he he really hadn't been playing that great this year. Again, like another day where. This past week, you were fine with him at his price, but it wasn't wasn't spectacular. So, I think he finally is going to get a defense though that he can capitalize on and go full Fitz magic. Um, his price should come up a little bit, so people probably are going to be off of him. They're at home. Uh, Bengals are, are kind of packing it in. They they don't have mix in. Their offensive line is tough. They've lost uh, um, Burrow, so. It's it's just they're trying to get to the end of the year so they can go play some golf. My, Miami could really take advantage there. Yeah, it's definitely a weird, and I can't believe we overlooked the fact that uh, the Forty ers have to play their next two home games in Arizona. Like that's that's yeah. what twenty twenty has come to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Mike, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm sure that we'll have plenty to talk about next week, whether it's injuries or just uh, more COVID nonsense. But. Uh, we apologize for going a little bit longer, but best of luck to you, Mike, in Week 13, and best of luck to the FA Nation.